Okay, well, good afternoon. I'm sorry it's taking me a little bit to get back to you. I've been a little under the weather. We were originally going on a little bit more about the legal system, but again, we're going to have to deviate a little bit from that. By the way, the reason I started this podcast, Warren Black, is regarding a situation that happened in my family over 26 years ago, or I should say happened to me. You see, problems don't just affect you. Um, when you do something to the mother, or the father, or the sister, or brother, you know, somebody gets shot, killed, you know, choked on the streets. It's not just that person you're affecting. I think I mentioned this before. But it's the um, domino effect. What was done to me over 26 years ago has caused damage to four generations of my family. Four generations. I was on social media, and uh, I was actually unaware of this, but there was a case in Texas where three young men between 22 and 23 uh, offered this uh, black gentleman, I think he was about 49 or so, a ride. And instead of giving them a ride, they, uh, from what I understand, and don't quote me, they tied him to the truck and dragged him for miles to the point of where he was decapitated, his arm was off, so on and so forth. Just totally disgusting. Clearly something mentally wrong with these individuals. They were still able to identify the body. And from what I understood about the case, the three young men at that time were given the death penalty. I do know when I looked it up that two of them were actually uh, executed, but one of them is still alive and incarcerated all these years later, and it's been quite a while. I think it was in the 90s. You may be wondering why I'm mentioning this case, um, because it actually is relative to our original topic of the legal system. I, I don't know if um, you're aware of what the Jim Crow law encompassed. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be separate but equal. Uh, they were supposed to keep us separate from the uh, non-blacks, separate schools, so on and so forth, separate facilities, separate bathrooms, you know, special place in the bus. I know you've heard about that. But, you know, amazingly enough, I know we have right now what we call blue and red Democrats and Republicans, but, you know, amazingly enough, there is a justice, uh, Justice Earl Warren, who was actually in the Republican Party, believe it or not. So somewhere along the line, uh, that party has changed its viewpoint. But to get back to the point, he is actually one of the most innovative uh, justices in the Supreme Court that changed things, uh, eliminated the uh, segregated schools that was unconstitutional. You know, he fought actually for rights for black people over and over again. 
uh, about the separate facilities and actually that Jim Crow law itself. I do believe, and again, don't quote me, that he was one that was uh, instrumental in nulling and voiding that law. Now, during all this racism, and again, we're, we're getting, I'm working my way back around to the original topic of uh, the poor gentleman in Texas and the legal system and my own situation. But through all of this, all these Jim Crow laws, uh, all the discrimination, all the racism, America still had the draft in place. And that was basically anyone over the age of 18 uh, could be drafted to defend this country. And I want to say their country, but <laughs> America has never been a black man's country. I think you're deluded if you think it is. Uh, they started in 1948, I believe, or somewhere around there. I do know it ended in 1973. Uh, and I take that back. I believe the draft started earlier in that because I know that my father, who was a World War II veteran, and World War II, too, wow, there's that speech about him again, started in 1945. So the draft was already in effect. He did not volunteer to go and have him and his brothers, you know, deform for life, uh, be put on the front lines, become a killer. He didn't volunteer for that. So he and his his brothers were, and the rest of the family were drafted. So you had no choice. When you got back, uh, I, I think it was, uh, you know, and I, I don't remember which president it was, but um, he sort of up the ante on the GI Bill, is what they call, you know, for the veterans when they return so they could get an opportunity to rebuild their lives after World War II, which was devastating to this country. Um, from what I understand, uh, blacks had the GI Bill available for education and homes and so on and so forth. But the banks, because of that Jim Crow law, <clears throat> excuse me, were still refusing to make home loans to black citizens, black soldiers, black people that had come back from the war. Uh, I do know that uh, out of the percentages of uh, educational capabilities available, a very minuscule amount of black people were able to take advantage of that. Uh, I think uh, from what I looked up, the statistics were somewhere in the neighborhood of, for example, in 1946, 100,000 black soldiers applied for extending their education, and only 20,000 actually were able to register. And that's just a, a small percentage. Of course, you are aware that 70-some-odd percent of black citizens lived in the South, okay? And that was where the largest amount of racism was still in effect, uh, with the Jim Crow law, segregations, you know, whites only, coloreds only, so on. Yes, they, they called us colored. You know, I don't mind that. I mean, I do have melanin. <laughs> I, I do have color. 
you know, and uh, I, I will say that when someone said that to me once, I said, well, I have color because I'm melanin, and uh, Eve, uh, metrochondral Eve, a black woman, mother to all human mankind, well, she was black, but you know, the reason you don't have color is because you're basically an albino um, from a black woman that has gone into the world and kept creating more albinos. So, yes, I am a person with color in their skin. And I guess that's where they came up with that term colored, and I don't know why it was supposed to be uh, derogatory. I would think anything uh, white would be derogatory, uh, because that's signifying that uh, you were some type of aberration from the norm, and... Uh, born without melanin in your skin. <laughs> but anyway, let me let me not go off into these tangents because I'm actually uh, finding it humorous. So back to the gentleman in Texas, okay? Dragged to his death, decapitated, arm was missing. It was one of the most horrific stories and my sympathies to the family. Uh, they did get some type of retribution, I should say, because the three young men that did it in their 20s, I might add, which is becoming a plague of America right now, young men with guns killing people and killing blacks by whatever mythology they can. Anyway, uh, the point was that the problems we have in America, the problem and the circumstances that happened to me personally are all a part of a reflection on the state of mind of America as a whole. So it's not something new. Uh, you know, that young man that uh, went into the crowd and claimed self-defense and got away with murder, that's not new. Uh, it's not new that um, the racism is still existing in America and that our laws and legal system has as it has always done, been one-sided. None of this is new. The judicial system or legal system, once in a while we'll get something in our favor, like that gentleman in Texas, where there is, where there is retribution for the family. At least uh, the people that caused the issue, murdered him, were punished. But as I said earlier, every time you do something to someone, it's not just them that's affected. You see, that's the problem. How do you compensate someone for having their loved one murdered, killed, raped, whatever the situation may be, what type of monetary value do you put on something like that? How is it our legal system seems to be in a state of redundancy? And let me go into a little bit more details. These instances, which is why I mentioned uh, the gentleman in Texas, that was back in the, I want to say in the 90s, and uh, before that, of course, we had our lynchings and so on and so forth. Uh, other people, such as the young lady in San Bernardino, California, got shot up Gestapo-style 
by our men in uniforms. Um, of course, everybody's familiar with uh, Mr. King, the one that was brutalized. It was a big case. I mean, there have been a lot of notoriety, or I should say there have been like a lot of cases that received notoriety. But the main point is, that's one in a million. Before we had technology, before we had phones and TV and all that, and all the capabilities we have at communication, these things were and are still happening in the backwoods, in the back, behind the counters, behind the doors, behind buildings, in cells, in prisons, in our courts, consistently. Now, if I were to say the judicial system doesn't work, that would be a lie. It absolutely works. As long as you're white. And I'll say that again. Our entire judicial system, from the Senate to the Congress to the Supreme Court, all of the way straight up to the President of the United States, has one purpose and one purpose as a focus, the protection and longevity of the white race. All the other races, I don't care which race you are, if you have melanin in your skin, are inconsequential. It's like playing that game. When I first heard about it, I thought it was funny. Russian roulette, put one bullet in the gun and hold it to your head and and see if you end your life or not. I think only a fool would do that. But that's basically how our judicial system works for black people. We have a gun to our head, and we are told to pull the trigger. Sometimes we walk out from false accusations, lies, setups, not being murdered while we're sleeping, while we're walking. And other times we end up dead. Now, the only difference is, as opposed to Russian Relay, where you only have one bullet in the chamber for a black person, honey, that whole gun is loaded and you only have one empty chamber. One. Once in a while, we'll find out about those that have pulled that trigger and and we see it on the news and we go, oh my God, oh my God, that's terrible, that's terrible. This is the same horror that has been along here in America since its conception, okay? From the moment they threw us on the boats, from the moment they raped and robbed our country, from the moment they took us from our homes, and placed us in this godforsaken land we call America, it has been constant. Laws, constitutional rights, that is actually laughable. It's funny, actually, as long as you're not black. The pretense of doing something right, the pretense of having morals, the pretense of having a judicial system that works for everyone, a pretense 
of being fair and impartial, because that is all it is, a pretense. But in these cases, like the gentleman in Texas, how do you pretend that these three young men didn't drag this man until his head came off? Again, I question the mentality of these racist, bigoted people that think they're better than everyone in the world. What is wrong with your brain? Now, right now in our courts, we're debating whether or not uh, abortion, which has been around for quite a long time, should be allowed to continue because that baby has rights, so on and so forth. And my question is this, really, truly. I understand that people that are non-black, they're trying to protect to make sure that they continue to procreate. But keeping abortion from black people, why? So you can kill them in, in school? Kill them as teenagers walking down the street? Shoot them down in cars? I mean, what is it that you want us alive for? We've already built this country. What else do you want from us? Why would you be concerned that we are still reproducing? Are you afraid that you might have to turn on yourselves? Anyway, the law is causing a lot of hoopla in the news. Women's rights, our right to choose with our body, and so on and so forth. And I have to say, I'm 100 million percent with that. This is my body, and if I decide to have a child, that's up to me. No one else. You see? Because that baby is like being black in America. No matter what you do, you will always be that child's mother. And no matter what you do, you will always be black. Anyway, I look forward to talking to you um, again on our next segment. We're going to go into a little bit more detail about the origin of mankind. Black Eve, that's right scientific fact, not opinion, and go into a little bit more detail why a certain attempt at genocide was committed in a very particular country, which, by the way, has taken me decades to finally understand that. Well, not so much understand it, but uh, to see why this attempt was made. Anyway, I look forward to speaking with you. You have a great day.